Uh, on a note that's important also to keep in mind, too, uh, we need to remember Pastor Gus in prayer, um, also uh, for his recovery, his ongoing recovery. Also, please remember Dwight, who I was told was in the hospital, um, and I don't know the status of his condition, but we know that he has been struggling or dealing with uh, his health for quite some time now. So please keep that in mind and keep him in, in your prayers as well, too. And just as a point of clarification, too, to make sure that everyone is aware, we, we're going to be doing online Sunday school, online worship services for as long as we can, as well as meeting here. Uh, we just don't know when we're going to get back in the building. But even when we do get back in the building, we're going to keep doing the online studies. And the simple reason for that is that not everybody can come to church uh, for various reasons, for health reasons, for issues, things that come up. So it's very important to keep those individuals in prayer and do me a favor and ask God to speak to you personally about who you should reach out to right now. Amen. Um, please understand that this is an unprecedented time that we're living in. Amen. We, You don't know how other people are doing. But if you don't pray and ask for God to give you direction on who to call, who to speak to, uh, you may have regrets later that you didn't do that. Um, I'm just asking you to do that because I think it's very important for us to stay focused on the general church community, the people who you know have fellowshiped with us for some time now, to please keep those individuals in your hearts and minds as we move forward. Um, and don't forget to pray for Elaine, too. Amen? Amen. Uh, throw a little softball up there for you to, to hit. Because um, there's a lot at stake. Amen? Uh, you know, we, we need to be honest about where we are today. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot that's happening right now. None of this stuff is anything we asked for. Amen? Amen. And we'll kind of talk about that in today's message as well, too. But we want to always keep our focus on what's really important right now, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. The most important thing you can do. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to be able to come and worship and praise you right in our front yard. We thank you for the testimony that comes from that, that we gather together because we deem you to be most important in our lives. And whether there's a pandemic or whether there's a virus or whether there's a flu, it really doesn't matter, Lord. You call us to gather together and not forsake gathering together for the sake of the community, for the body. We thank you for those reminders. Lord, we live in times of uncertainty. Lord, we pray for your direction. We pray for your guidance. We pray for your very strength. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence. Lord, help us as we need help. Encourage us as we need encouragement. Deliver us as we need deliverance. And Lord, remind us that we need to put aside those things that are fleshly if we really truly want to serve you. Thank you for those reminders, Lord. Thank you for this time. It's a special time where you're reaching out to your people. And you're reaching out to people that don't even know you. And Lord, you're to be glorified. We thank you and give you all praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
This has certainly been the year to end all years. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you realize we just rolled into July. We, we still got August, September, October. This is the year of 2020 vision. Remember that 2020 vision? What's been true about this year is how everything we do and how we are living right now comes into much greater focus. Amen? Amen. Everything seemed to be just sailing along. And then we were warned of a new scourge called coronavirus. People were initially sent home from work and it became work from home. Some were furloughed and wound up working on their homes. Some had more time on their hands, which led to time for time to reassess where things stand. Do a reassessment. Do a reevaluation. There was more time with family members. Which is always a good thing. I don't care what anybody says. Spending time with family is always very important. Now, will they get on your nerves every now and then? Absolutely. But it was also an excuse, though, to see people that you just don't see. It's like passing ships in the night. You're going to work. Kids are going to school, doing this and that. And now everybody's at home. More time for relationship building. More time for relationship development. More time for looking at life itself. More time for reading and studying the Bible. More time for prayer. More time devoted to what matters most. That's what this is right here. That's what we're doing right now. This is what matters most. It's amazing how God allowed a pandemic to change the way we saw life, people, and even God himself. We became more aware of others. We prayed more and we worshipped God more through the online church opportunities that presented themselves online as well as here now while there was a considerable change in how life presented itself we are reminded and we are conscious of how that pandemic we're talking about affected the entire world because that's what pandemic means it's a worldwide event It upended the lives of millions of people. In the United States, there were over 2 million people who contacted coronavirus, and that number is climbing. And over 125,000 people in the United States died from it. And that's a significant number. It was indeed what I like to refer to as an invisible enemy. 
You can't see it. You don't know where it's coming from. And that's the same for the flu too, everybody. But if you can't see it, how do you prepare for it? How do you deal with it? Honestly, there's the only thing we can do is look to God's grace. Number one, that we're all here. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. It's God's grace yes. that we're here. Now, it's not completely gone, of course. The coronavirus is, virus is still around. But we can now begin to get back to a place where we can leave our homes. For some of us, return to our jobs. And, of course, in all of this, give God the praise and glory. What's your mindset? Is it gloom and doom for everything? Or is there a reason to give praise to God for where you are today? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't enjoy wearing a mask. Amen? Amen. And no one here enjoys wearing a mask because, honestly, it cuts off a little bit of oxygen. But in life, sometimes you have to do something that you don't want to do. And still praise God in the middle of it. But that's not the sermon today. That's just a sidebar to remind you of what's important. What was the primary concern about coronavirus? Primary concern was that it was a new virus. It was a great unknown. Nothing ever seen like it before. There have been viruses all over the place. H1N1, SARS. There's all kinds of stuff that's been out there. But this was a new one. This was a different one. Something that you can't see. And it was a big deal because of the method of transmission. And it was impacting the elderly and even the black community because of the comorbidity factor. Which means that there are people in the black community that were more vulnerable to the virus because of existing health concerns. If you have diabetes and you get coronavirus, you've got to fight. If you have lung disease and you've got coronavirus, you might not make it. Because it attacks the lungs. Plain and simple, all that leads to what I would call a fear factor with this concern. When we're dealing with the unknown, we can be fearful. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, I know you're with me. (laughs) Fear will crop up. And we'll deal with this. It's okay to be fearful. You just don't stay in it. But let's look at this closer. Do you realize, first of all, that Satan, in his ongoing effort to promote confusion, wants to see God's children confused? He wants to see you confused. He wants you to be wondering, what's happening now? What am I going to do? He wants you that way. Satan wants you confused. He already impacts the world, those who don't believe in him. He already has impacted them. He's already affected them and gotten all of them all over the place, over all different kinds of issues. But a confused believer can be a fearful believer. And fear is a barrier for the believer faithfully seeking God. It's a barrier. 
It's a distraction. I'm not minimizing it. I'm just telling it like it is. Fear is a barrier in seeking God. So God reminds us in his word. Thank the Lord for that. Because we need a lot of reminders. Amen. Amen. That's why you read and study every day. We'll talk about that too. He reminds us in his word we are not to operate in fear. You can have a reason to be afraid, but not stay in it, is what he reminds us. We're to operate in faith and trust that God will protect us and deliver us. Amen? Amen? God will protect us and deliver us. What do you pray for every day? Protection and deliverance. You better believe that. Protection and deliverance. Because ultimately a mask only does so much. Amen? Amen. God has to be in the midst of it to give you that protection and deliverance. Please turn, if you have a Bible or electronic device, to 2 Timothy 1.7. I'm going to give you a set of verses here that are the reminders in Scripture that we should be looking to and we should be seeking after God on a regular basis by looking at what Scripture says. 2 Timothy 1.7. And I'm going to move along here a little bit, so bear with me if I'm going through verses quickly because I'm taking advantage of this wonderful breeze. This is wonderful. But we still have a heat index that might go up to 100 eventually. So we're not going to be preaching for four hours. I promise you that right now. It's going to be, I'm not going to be like Pastor Donald last week. I could go for another couple, three hours. Well, technically I could, but y'all might pass out. So I had to be conscious of that. So 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen? Power and love and self-control. Now, you've seen these verses before that I'm going to read to you. But we sure need them sometimes, though, don't we? As reminders. Here's another one. Isaiah 41.10. Go to Isaiah 41.10. And while you're turning, I'll take a sip. Isaiah 41.10. When I read the verses in Isaiah, if you know anything about reading the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah there's a bunch of prophecy about gloom and doom and what's happening to the people of Israel and the nations because they're being disobedient to God. But he sticks in those passages a verse like this to remind you how important it is for you to be with him as he is with you. It says, fear not, in verse 10, for I am with you, be not dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He promises he's with us. There's nothing happening right now that he doesn't know about. But the most important thing is that he is glorified. In your speech, in your words, 
in your actions, how you interact with other people. Call someone this week and be an encouragement to them. Let them know you were thinking about them. I can't stress to you enough how important that is. Philippians chapter 4, let's look at that. Verses 5b, 5b, verses 5b through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 5b through 7. And 5b, uh, b is basically the second part of the verse. If you want to refer to a verse. That happens every now and then in scripture if you want to get a context of a, of a thought. It says in Philippians 4, verses 5b through 7. The B starts where it says, the Lord is at hand. Let's start with that. Amen? The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Once again, a very familiar verse. Oh, how quickly we forget what God can do. When you're stressed out, seek after him. Don't be anxious about anything. In other words, he's giving you a clue here. He knows you're going to be anxious. He knows you're going to trip sometimes. He knows you're going to freak out about certain things. He's telling you, don't stay there. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer... And supplication with thanksgiving because you are still here. Amen. Amen. You're still here. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace of God. Do we not want in times like this the peace of God in our lives? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You don't need to turn to it. You should have it memorized. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your past straight your paths. Now understand something. We have our own way of seeing things. And sometimes that understanding we have can be laced with fear. That's why we need to acknowledge Jesus Christ. And he will give us direction on how to overcome this fear. These are not hollow words or statements by any means. How do you fight an unseen enemy? How do you fight an unseen enemy? What do you do? Well, let's put it this way. How well do you do in an unfamiliar place where there is total darkness? Psalm 23 talks about walking in the valley of the shadow of death. How well do you do in a place of total darkness? Okay, here's the story. I remember a time, it was a long time ago now, when I was at work at my office in Beechwood. It was the end of the month, and I had to run a number of month-end reports, and it was after hours. So this was after everything had shut down, and it was closed, and it was pretty late. Well, I remember that while I was on the phone with my bride at the time, and it was while all the office lights were still on. And then they were on a timer, and I didn't know it. All these lights abruptly 
without giving notice, shut off. Lights are shut off. All the lights. No computer lights. No overhead lights. No lights at the desk. Nothing. Well, during the day, when you can see, you can move about freely. At night, in total darkness, you really, really need to be careful with your movements, especially in surroundings that you're not as familiar with as in your own home. I was at the office. I didn't live there. So now, how do you move around when there's pitch black darkness without injuring yourself? Because that was my concern. I had a time a long time ago, another side story. You know, when it's dark in the house and somebody closes the door, and the door that's normally supposed to be open, guess what happens you walk into that door? Yeah. You see this flash when you hit that door. Well, that door is supposed to be open. Who closed that door? Meanwhile, I have a concussion. Well, the point is, is that you are really, really careful with your movements. When it's really, really dark, it takes more than just a minute for your eyes to adjust to the lack of light. I had to literally feel my way out of the office, through the hallways, and get to the elevator so I can get to my car and get out of there. Because once the lights go off, that's it. I don't care what reports you're running, it's time to go. Amen? Time to go. Now, being in total darkness was a little scary. Now, when we are in moments of darkness, and we've all been there, amen, Amen. in different degrees, we've had moments of darkness we've had to deal with. We're in these moments of darkness, and not just a lack of light, but darkness due to situations in life and circumstances. It can be more than just a little scary. It can be outright Terrified. Terrified. Y'all just staring at me too when I say that. It's terrifying. A number of people, I'm just telling you right now, have had a very hard time with this pandemic. A very hard time. There has been an uptick in depression. And there have, has been an uptick in suicides nationwide. And it's stuff related to the pandemic. It may have to do with your work. It may have to do with being at work. If you're laid off and you don't see anything coming, if you're not seeking after the Lord Jesus, you might have some trouble. So life today has been more than just a little scary. It's been very scary. For some of us, even terrifying. There is little out there that has given us comfort and peace. However, it's more than time to give thanks to the Lord. More than time. Past time to give thanks to the Lord. He's our shepherd. He is our comforting and caring presence. Do you see him that way? Now, we mentioned Psalm 23 earlier. Turn to Psalm 23, 4. Psalm 23, 4. 
Summer breeze, make me feel fine. Amen. Singing a song. It says in Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Darkness. Light. The light of Jesus Christ in his comfort overcomes darkness. Your circumstances may look dire, but the light of Jesus brings you through it. That's a verse. If it isn't a memory verse, it should be. It should be for you. Because all Jesus is all about is love and comfort. His love is comforting. His presence is comforting. All of us are in what we can easily call an unfamiliar place. We have been up against an unseen enemy. On our own, we are vulnerable and in the dark as we don't know what to expect. We have had to operate with caution because of this unknown enemy. We have had no choice but to seek after the protection of our homes and rely upon the extra protection of who? The Holy Spirit through your relationship with Jesus Christ. After all is said and done, God is protecting you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's it. I know for a fact that my mother was healed from coronavirus because of God himself. Amen. Understand something. It wasn't a given that everybody who got sick with the virus was going to get something to help take care of it. Whether it be a medication or whatever. So I'm talking to my doctor and say, well, let's just try a Z-Packs. A couple of Z-Packs. Went and saw my mother on Wednesday. She's doing great. She's doing fantastic. And that's a testimony to you know who. It ain't nobody else but him. And I say this with all due respect, recognizing that some people at that facility where my mother is did not make it. So nothing but condolences for those families. But God determined for my mom it wasn't time yet. It's all about what he is doing. One of the most difficult things that we do is to rely less upon our own understanding and more upon having faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the challenge we have. We see stuff, we react to it, we react to it, and we deal with those issues as they come up. But ultimately it comes down to we need to rely less upon what we see and more upon faith in Jesus Christ in these situations. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. All my fears delivered me. What's that deliverance? Deliverance means comfort. Deliverance means relaxation. Deliverance means understanding that God has you. So now that we have learned with our own life experiences the importance of faith over fear, 
Because that's what this message is about. Faith over fear. We need to ensure that we continue to build on our faith and rely less upon what we see. Because what we see as time goes along may not always be very pleasant. Amen? There's a lot of stuff that we see and that we may see in the future that's not going to be very pleasant. There's stuff you see in your own families that's not very pleasant. You don't have to go very far. The world we live in, we're in Satan's domain. The life that we see right now may not be very pleasant for you. And that's a promise, by the way. It's a promise because it's in Scripture. These times that we're living in are not going to get better. In many ways. In many ways, it may just come down to, Lord, thank you for delivering me through this situation. And it may be a moment by moment by moment thing. But you see God's goodness that he's delivering you. That he's protecting you. That he's keeping you. And this is not meant to be a downer message. I'm just speaking the truth. All of us know what scripture says. We know what it says. And if we don't know, we need to check it out. So let's go a little bit further than that. It takes faith to bring us to a place where we can see Jesus at work. I will have you turn to Hebrews 11.1. Hebrews 11.1 is an important passage to look at as we look at this a little bit further. What is faith? If you ask the question, Hebrews 11.1 is the answer, just like playing Jeopardy. The answer is, to the question, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. Faith, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You can't see it, but you believe it because of faith. But that faith has to be fed and fed and fed some more. Because if you don't keep feeding faith, it's going to go hungry. And you ain't going to rely on it. You have to keep building your faith to overcome difficulties in your life. Life's difficulties demand assurance. We need assurance. We need reminders. We need comfort in God's presence to deal with life's difficulties. Jesus meets that challenge, praise the Lord, with his loving presence. He loves us. We don't understand what's happening sometimes. He still loves us. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. He loves us more than we can imagine. Still loves us. Now that many of us have had more time on our hands, we need to use our time wisely. Amen? Use your time wisely. Now you're enjoying this beautiful weather outside in the front yard of our church. And you know in February and March, we weren't thinking about this. But what a blessing it is to get together. Even if it's like this. Stop and think about that for a moment. 
even this, there's grace that's taking place. God's goodness is showing itself to you in this place. Use your time wisely. Without being overly dramatic, we need to prepare ourselves for any eventuality. The best way to overcome fear and uncertainty is to grow in our faith and continue to seek the Lord Jesus Christ with our very being. All about it. It's all about seeking after Him. I think I mentioned this morning in Sunday school, sometimes you have to saturate yourself with God's Word. Saturate. Just like you have to hydrate in weather like this, hydrate yourself in God's Word continually. Hey, turn on channel 47. It's program after program of discussions about the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes you just have to do that. How are we to grow in our faith? We grow by living in the Spirit each day. And we don't let up. We don't let up. Grow by living in the Spirit each day and don't let up. As a reminder for some of you, we're to live in the power of the Holy Spirit by just doing a general practice of living. Sometimes you get back to the basics. Living by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, by living in God's image. That comes from Genesis 1.27. To live in His image means you're living as His creation. He created you. He created men and women in His own image and likeness. And He also provides additional insight as to what this represents for each of us who serve Jesus Christ and desire to live in the Spirit as He helps us to do what? Overcome fear. Fear is your greatest enemy. He gives you what you need to overcome this fear. Fear is your greatest enemy. Matthew 5.48. Take a look at that real quick. Matthew 5.48. Now, I'm going to challenge you a little bit here in this particular section because we need to understand something. It's not about always asking God, gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme is not, your God is not a genie in a magic lamp. He has expectations of you in this walk with him. Where it's not just gimme, gimme. Now, will he do stuff for you that you don't ask for? Absolutely. Because he's a loving God. He loves you and cares for you. But there are some things that we need to be doing. Look what it says in verse 48 of Matthew 5. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Well, that's an expectation, isn't it? That's an expectation. He wants you to be perfect like he is. Now, we got to use that word perfect very carefully. He does not expect you to be perfect. He wants you to strive for perfection. He wants you to work at it. It takes work to be like Jesus. It takes effort to do those things that he calls you to do. So use your time wisely. Be strong and courageous in the Lord, but... Be perfect as he is perfect. So in order to live in his image, we need to become more like him. That's what we have to do. We have to be more like him. So how do we do that? 
It's in this way and this way alone. We can face our fears and overcome them. If you are doing these things we're going to talk about as we follow this, you can't go wrong. You will always deal with fearful situations. You cannot go wrong. It's all biblical. It's all scriptural. It's all right there for you. Understand that faith does indeed overcome fear. But even in that prayer, it still involves a personal assessment as to where you are in your faith. Where you are in your strength in Christ. Where you are as a person, as a believer in Jesus Christ. God always challenges us to be better. Be better. It often requires a change to get you to experience the help of the Spirit. And what does that mean? It means challenging you to be obedient to God's Word. Some folks don't want to hear that. And you know why you don't want to hear it? Because you know you've been messing up. Amen? Amen. You know you've been messing up. If you can't be obedient to him, then why do you expect him to help you with your fearful situation? So he's challenging us. It's not about, give me this, Lord. Give me this, Lord. Give me this, Lord. Wait a minute. Where's your relationship in Jesus Christ? Ask yourself the question. Because scripture challenges you to do that very thing. Obedience to Christ requires a change from your own way of doing things to his way of doing things. A change from your own way and reasoning to his way and reasoning. And for some of us, that's a big leap. But it's a necessary leap. Is something that you have to do. It can be uncomfortable, but it's often necessary. Without this change, faith is a missing ingredient. Unless you change your attitude and be obedient to the Lord, faith is a missing ingredient. That means faith will not overcome fear because you aren't being faithful. You aren't trusting in him. What changes am I referring to? Ha ha! Turn to Colossians 3. What changes do we need to make to even have the ability to overcome fear? A lot of this is very, very stark and very, very apparent And it involves each and every one of us. And if it didn't involve it, it wouldn't be here in scripture. Colossians 3 verses 8 through 10. Well, remember when we talk about your home with family now? Things can get a little tight. Things get a little difficult. People start getting needy. What's that? Eaty, needy, baby, greedy? I don't remember that. Doesn't really matter. You just have all kinds of attitudes. But it says in, in Colossians 3, verses 8 through 10, but now you must put them all away. 
put one away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Oh, wait a minute. So-and-so's getting on my nerves. So what? So what? The moment you slip, you should be saying, forgive me, Lord. Yeah. Amen. 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 Why are you so loud there? Like, you like that? The moment you slip, you should say, forgive me, Lord. Understand, it doesn't take much for you to get off your game. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. Don't lie to one another. Put the old self off. Let's go further. Go to Ephesians 4, verses 21 through 24. Y'all should be up here and see what goes by sometimes. It's some weird stuff. (laughs) Ephesians 4, verses 21 through 24. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is all about your ongoing transition of living in obedience to God where you can be successful and overcome any issues of fear or uncertainty. But what do you have to do? Put off your old garbage. Put off your bad attitude. Put off your bad behavior. Put off your funky town attitude. Amen? I'm just telling it like it is. Put off your funky town attitude. It's not going to endear you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not going to hear you praying for him if you haven't fixed your own problems. Remind yourself of how blessed you really are. And that funky town attitude goes slowly into oblivion. Because you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God anyway. Amen? Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, sometimes we as believers have to live in this new creation. We have to live in such a way where he has given us this new creation. Sometimes we want to go back to our old ways of doing stuff. Well, that old stuff ain't helped you. It's hurt you. A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's your attitude. Newness of life. So we live in his image with the five foundational steps that represent this faith-based image living. Image, I-M-A-G-E, image. So we're going to have these five. We're going to reintroduce these again to you for those who aren't familiar with them. These are ways to live for you to help overcome fear. Starting each day, we start with reading, studying, and investigating scripture. The eye in image is to investigate scripture. Now, Charles Stanley is very cool. He gives us on a 30-minute broadcast a very, very basic discussion about waiting on the Lord or whatever it is and about Jesus Christ. But you know what? Charles Stanley is great, but that's for brand new people in the faith or people who don't know the Lord. For us, we got to go deeper. We've known the Lord. So you have to get deeper in scripture and investigate further. 
Not just read it, but go deeper in the Word. If you're uncertain about something, you have to go beyond mere reading. You need to investigate the meaning behind God's Word. Are you the type of person that someone can tell you something and say that's okay? I don't need to go any further than that. I heard what I needed to hear. Well, that's just lazy. Amen? Amen. It's just lazy. It's lazy. It Just taking somebody's word for it is foolish. By any account. I don't care what it is. You have to go deeper. If you don't understand something, what are you going to do? Just say, oh, whatever he said. Well, whatever he said, what? Whatever he said, what? It's telling sometimes if you ask somebody about somebody's sermon, what was a pastor preaching about? You can't even tell them. So you weren't listening. You checked out. That's foolhardy. Now see, I'm not the pastor. Let's just start with that. So I'm not the pastor of the church, so I can get away with stuff. I can tell it like it is. Because what are you going to do, come up against me? Because I'm not the pastor. I, I don't care. I'm just telling you the truth. So it's foolish to go around in life and not know what you're doing. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's foolish if you just sit around and just take somebody's word for it, but you don't investigate it yourself. Just like buying a car. It's foolish. You're going to go buy a car, but you don't know what you're buying. You do research about that. You look into that. You want to know about that. You want to know how it runs. You want to know about the gas mileage. You want to know about the efficiency of it. Well, you go through all that. Why aren't you going through that in Scripture? Turn to Romans 15.4. Not just reading, but investigating Scripture. Going deeper. And some, you know, we've said in the past too, having a commentary is good, looking at what somebody else has to say. But guess what? Different commentaries sometimes say different things. If it lines up with you, great. But the bottom line is you look into it. You seek in the, with the Lord as far as what the meaning is of what you're reading. Everybody's got opinions all the time. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm just going to say what God's word says. And then you check on it and see if it lines up. That's what they say in Acts 17.11. Check it out. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. We need hope. Read the scriptures. It's there for us. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Training. It's training. It's an ongoing training. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Would you not say that it's a red flag if you have a pastor who's presiding over your congregation... And maybe just has a high school degree. Think about it. They might. But you need more than that. They better be self-taught. 
They better be understanding what scripture says in order to impart to the people. There is a responsibility with being a pastor. Now, street preachers, whatever, we know that God anoints anybody and everybody to speak. Amen? We understand that. But there are certain qualifications that you have to have in certain places of responsibility in the body of Christ. That's not to put down anybody who just has a high school degree. I think you know where I'm coming from. It comes from life experience. It comes from looking what the word says and studying it. That should be you. The M in image is meditation. 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 Not saying om. Not that kind of meditation. We need to clarify that because there's this other meditation out there through yoga and everything else that has to do with doing this slow movement and relaxing and all that because you're trying to get in contact with your inner self or whatever it is. Well, you know what? Your inner self may really suck because you're not in the Lord. But meditation of God's word is what is spoken about in scripture. After your daily reading, you need to devote time to meditate upon what you have read. And we use the word meditate because that's the word in scripture. It takes practice to do it and faith to trust what you are being taught. But the effort in your meditation is important in your success to do what? If you're fearful, you need to meditate on what God's word is. What is he saying to you in what you're reading? Joshua 1.8. You can turn to that too. Joshua 1.8. And notice we're covering verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the teaching is consistent throughout about what we do to deal with adverse situations in life. And meditating on his word is something that we need to do. So what that really means is, is that once you've done your daily reading and you've done your daily study, that you get up from what you've read after a quiet time with yourself and take it with you. Take it with you. Pray about what you've read. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do all, do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Wow. You'll have prosperity and good success. You know why? You ain't got time to be fearful. You don't have time to be fearful. If you're meditating on God's word day or night, you don't have time to be scared about anything. You don't. No time for it. If you're meditating... Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Which means it's an all day long process. A change from being fearful requires focus on those things that draw us nearer to Jesus Christ. So after we got done saying, put off the old life, the negative life, the life that is keeping you away from Christ, Philippians 4.8 is where we need to go. Philippians 4.8 I speak, I drink. And for those of you in Sunday school, you remember we've studied this passage. 
Because it's really important for us to see that we need to focus on the good things. When I said saturate yourself with goodness around you, God's word, God's goodness. Finally, brothers, verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of, worthy of praise, think about these things. If you're thinking about all these things, you don't have time to be afraid. No time for it. It's, there's no room for it on your calendar. Focus on those things that are worthy of praise. Excellence. The A in image is to act according to God's word. It's your commitment to live in Christ as you're supposed to live. To be obedient to him. Go to Exodus 23.22. We're going to move along here so that we keep things going before we have any issues. But y'all feel okay? Everything all right? Okay. Just give me one finger, two fingers, or three if you're going to pass out. Exodus 23.22. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Wait a minute. So what does that mean is obey his voice, be obedient to God, then he will make himself an enemy to those people who try to give you trouble. Wow. That's a big deal. What have we been praying about before? A covering, a protection. That's what God does for you. So even someone who wants to do you harm, you'll be protected from that because basically now they got to come up against not just you, but God himself. That's the side I want to be on. You want a bodyguard? You want a big time bodyguard? Be obedient to God. He will take care of that for you. That means something. Your actions are to reflect your faith, not contradict it. You get that? Your actions are to reflect your faith. Because here's a passage we're going to look at, James 2.18. Go to that. Your actions have to reflect your faith. Hey, even if it's a mustard seed of faith, let your actions follow that. Because some of us had to work on this faith thing. Amen? Amen? Some of us had to work on this faith thing because God challenges us to work on this faith thing. And if it is a mustard seed of faith, he'll meet you where you are. But look what it says in James 2.18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, let your mouth match your faith. Let your actions match your faith. Let what you say stand by who you are as a person. Can we agree on this? We don't need no fake Christians around us. Amen? Amen. We don't need that. We ain't got time for that. Fake Christianity, it should be abolished. Abolished. So when you're calling on someone to talk to them, they should hear the love of Christ in your voice and not just a patronizing phone call. Amen? Amen.
the G in images for growth. We should be growing as a people. We should be growing every day. We should not be stagnant in our walk of faith. Because as soon as you think you've got something on down pat as far as that goes, something else can come along and show you, boy, I need some help. I need some work. And that includes me. I am far from perfect. Any pastor who gets before you should say the same thing. We're far from perfect. We're human beings just like you. We need to do the same things that you're, we're telling you to do right now. Focus on what's important as far as growth. It's your ongoing progression as you remain faithful to Jesus and his word. He teaches you, he guides you, and he inspires you in the power of the Holy Spirit to see past your fears and see him at work in your life. Go real quick to 1 Timothy 4.15. And I want to assure you, we are winding down. 1 Timothy 4.15. If you read this passage in this context too quickly, you might miss something. But it's telling you something that's very important in this verse. What is it you want us to practice? Being obedient to God. Looking at his word. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. Immerse yourself. What are we saying about saturating ourselves with the word? Immerse yourself with them. When you immerse yourself, you are going under. You're going under the water. You're in the water. And you're cooling off. Because ultimately, that's how you cool off. If you want to cool off on a hot day, you get in the pool somewhere. But you have to immerse yourself to feel that cooling effect. He wants you to immerse yourself into God's word. So that all may see your progress. Not just you seeing it, but others need to see you grow in Christ. They see your progress. They see what you're trying to do. Finally, the E in image is to endure. If anything, we are learning to endure all the changes and hardships we've taken that have taken place. But endurance represents much more than that. We have to endure the opposition. The opposition. We have to endure the opposition. Fear does not come from the Father. It comes from Satan. Amen? It comes from Satan. Let's say it. Fear comes from Satan. We have to endure by resisting the devil and fleeing from him. That's from James 4, 7. And then draw upon the Spirit to move forward day after day. Now, I'll have you go to Ephesians 6, verses 11 and 12, because we need to be reminded, and I've seen this over and over again. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this passage represented in different things, even on social media. But we're reminded of what we need to do as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, because we have equipment that we sometimes don't use good equipment sound equipment Ephesians 6.11 put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil do you do that? the whole armor of God the schemes of the devil the devil is your enemy people crack me up sometimes Oh, well, you worry about what the devil's going to do. He ain't going to do nothing. Well, are you kidding me? Seriously? The devil will kill you.
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let me tell you something right now. What's going on with this virus? It's a spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. This virus was a man-made virus. There's no other way to look at it. Everybody says that. Everybody comes to that conclusion. So it's a man-made virus. So who would put forth a man-made virus? Oops, it got out there. What was the purpose of it? That's spiritual warfare. That's an attack. Any way you look at it. It's still an invisible enemy, but it's still an attack. And Satan is the one who orchestrates attacks against the believers. So whether it's in this or something else, doesn't really matter. It's still a spiritual attack. It's still spiritual warfare. So you have to recognize that. If you are going up against the authorities, the cosmic powers of, of darkness, spiritual forces of evil, well, it ain't just Satan. There's a number of them. Let me ask you a question. Are you fighting the good fight? Are you fighting the good fight? Overcoming fear is most certainly a spiritual battle. To live for Jesus Christ is to live according to his image and to have faith in him and trust his guidance to move beyond your fears. Doesn't mean that you won't be fearful. Doesn't mean you won't experience uncertainty. But Christ, if we're living for him, seeking after him, remaining obedient to him, he will help us overcome those fears and move beyond them. Because that's the key. You ever hear the expression paralyzed with fear? That means you can't do anything. You can't think of anything. You can't move because you're stuck in your fear. Christ, through the power of the Spirit, helps you move beyond. Step out on your fear. And the fact is, we had to step out of our house to go get groceries. Groceries. Step out. Move out. Do things that are uncomfortable sometimes, but you got to do them. And Christ is with you in the midst of all that. Stepping out. So what are you afraid of? What are you fearful of? It's time to turn that over to Jesus Christ. Speak to him about it. Just speak to him. Ask him about it. And see what you get in return. I guarantee you, if you're doing what you should be doing, you're going to get an answer. He's going to give you something to work with. He may remind you of something you need to fix over here. But if you fix this over here, he'll take care of it over there. But that's what God does. If you have any kind of relationship with him, he's going to have a conversation with you in his own way, dealing with you about what you need to do next. And sometimes you just say, don't worry about it. It's taken care of. Don't worry about it. I've got this. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. He's a God of character. He's a God of his word. 
First John chapter 4, verses 15 through 19. Do you recognize that you're already victorious if you trust in Him? That you already have what you need? Sometimes we don't know what we have because we don't ask. We don't talk to Him. We don't ask the right questions. We don't say the right things. And sometimes we already have it, but we don't even realize it. Well, that's a challenge for all of us now in this pandemic. Spend more time in the Lord. Let Him speak to you. Verse 15 of 1 John 4. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So that's a given. Verse 16. So we have come to know... And to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Now that's a relationship thing that you have to understand. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is also, is so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. That's a mouthful. But all he's saying really here is, if you just trust in him and be obedient to him, you should sense his presence of love in everything you do. Everything you do. Give your fears and concerns to Jesus. Faith overcomes fear. Faith over fear. Let the love of Jesus prevail in your life. Live in his image. Praise the Lord for his mercy and grace because he loved us before we even knew him. And that's the character of God. He loves us because we have a relationship with him unconditionally. Trust in him. In this time of uncertainty, saturate yourself with God's presence in your life. Amen? Saturate yourself. Take a bottle of water, pour it over your head. Saturate yourself. Father, we just thank you for your promises that you certainly keep because of your character. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for even the relief of a breeze, a cooling breeze in the midst of a a very warm day. We just thank you that we're able to get together every Sunday. We thank you for your loving presence. We thank you for giving us joy for giving us the ability to think not of ourselves but of others help us Lord to remember to be kind and considerate to others when they really don't seem to know what's going on help us to remain patient with others help us to remain focused on what you would have us to do at any given moment during the day thank you Lord for the reminders thank you for your teaching and thank you for your encouragement Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy.
Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your strength. Lord, we give all these matters to you and we pray that you continue to minister to us and we give you all the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. A brief reminder too, in two weeks we will be having communion. And this communion though, we will not be serving the crackers and the juice. So it's a BYO moment. Bring your own crackers and juice. Bring your own crackers and juice. That's in two weeks. So we'll remind you again next week. Just be reminded of that because we do want to have communion on first Sunday. Because uh, it's time now. It's time to have that. Time to remember those things as well too. So I'll remind you again, but just make a note of it. Bring your own crackers and juice. And we'll have communion together on this first Sunday, which is in two weeks. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much, everyone. Praise the Lord. We actually had a great moment here. Weather-wise, we made out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks again, everybody. Appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) Amen. Yes. Y'all ain't playing music anymore after service. (laughs) I thought something was coming. Good job. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you.